Welcome to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 45 and the start of season three. Each Wednesday, we're chatting about the best tips, ideas, and strategies for living and working more simply. I believe that when things are easier, we have more time for what matters most. This week on the show, we're talking about why you should keep a duster nearby all the areas that collect dust. Then we're diving deep into the behind the scenes of easier. We're talking about how to start a podcast of your own. And that includes a number of my favorite things, which we'll discuss in just a second. And finally, we will end the episode with a segment of Riding the Struggle Bus about coming up with ideas for future segments of Riding the Struggle Bus. Let's get started. I am so excited to welcome you to the third full season of the show. This is episode number 45. I've been doing this show for 45 full episodes, and then I think we left off at 17 or 18 of my little episodes. We've been doing this show for a long time, so I'm really excited to welcome you back. You'll notice this episode and going forward, we've got a little bit of an updated format. I've talked about it a couple of times, but just to remind you, every episode now is going to have make life easier, make work easier, some of my favorite things, and a riding the struggle bus segment. So my favorite things will usually probably be woven in throughout the episode. Sometimes it might be its own segment. And then a riding the struggle bus segment about something that I am struggling with and I'm going to encourage you to call in for responding to that, maybe to help me out or maybe I'm sharing you know, a struggle bus topic from someone else to help that person out. So if you've got something, anything to say about riding the struggle bus, I'm encouraging you to please call in and we'll get to that when we get there. Also, I'm about to embark on a cruise. It is the 7th of August as this episode airs, and I am leaving on the 9th, and I will be gone until the 18th. So that means that I will not be around to respond if anyone is trying to contact me via email, comment, social, things like that. I will have some social posts scheduled. Yes, surprise, surprise, my posts are not posted day to day. I schedule them out in advance. Uh, So there's a little insider tip for you, but... I will have some stuff scheduled, things will go live, but I will kind of be MIA because there are there really isn't any Wi-Fi and I'm not planning to be on the internet as I'm on the cruise. So just keep that in mind. And next week, there will still be an episode. I am prepping three full episodes ahead of time, so that way they will all air and the schedule will continue like normal. Every Wednesday, you'll get an episode regardless of whether or not I'm on the cruise. Okay, let's jump in to make life easier this week. And that this um, make life easier is something that I just kind of came up with recently, and that is to keep a duster everywhere. I noticed that I don't dust as much as I should, and so stuff accumulates, especially in places like my car dashboard, my entertainment center, or like the, the thing that's got my TV on it, and my dresser. Those three areas tend to collect dust, and sometimes our end tables. So what I've started doing... I came up with this idea a few days ago. I had an extra Swiffer duster and I just tossed it in one of my dresser drawers and there it lives. And so now, like 
twice, three times a week now. I just pull that out and dust it off and there's never any dust. So um, another thing that I do is I keep one of the extended ones. They, they make an extendable Swiffer duster and I keep that in the pouch of the passenger seat, the back pouch of my passenger seat in my car. And that way I can always reach, you know, the whole dashboard because that tends to get pretty dusty too. So those are some awesome places to keep it maybe in like an end table near, um, in your living room, or you've got like a China cabinet or a credenza or something near your, in your dining room, those kinds of places, any place that you've got a drawer, you can stash one of those Swiffer dusters. It's great it's a great hack to try that out. So I will have links to my favorite Swiffer dusters in the show notes. And of course, the link to that will come at the end of the episode. All right, let's get to the meat of this episode. This week's Make Work Easier is a behind the scenes look of how I record this podcast and how you can get started with your own show. I know that some folks are interested in podcasting and it seems really daunting, and there are some things that can be a little technical, but anybody can do it, and I'm actually really excited to, if you're interested, if you kind of jump to the show notes and leave comments, I will help you out if you've got questions about starting your own show. But before we get there, let's actually talk about what it takes. So, Getting started with a podcast, you have to think of a few things up front. The first thing that you need to have is an idea, and you want to have an idea that you're really passionate about that you can talk about for as many episodes as you're planning to to do for your show. Mine is an indefinite show. I'm not planning to end it anytime soon, so I need to have a weekly episode and topics for every single episode in the bank. And so when I first started my show, I had an idea and I'd wanted to do one for a while. I just hadn't kind of congealed the idea yet, but I finally kind of came to me one night and I was like, all right, let me see if I can write down 50 topic ideas. And I sat down and I wrote over a hundred. So that was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, a pretty good sign that this was a good idea and I'd be able to keep up with the demand. But then the next thing that you need to consider, and I wish, uh, you know, it worked out for sure with this show. I think that, you know, we're building an audience and people really like the show and the feedback from the survey was was great. And so I know, and the audience is growing. So I know that I hit this right. I got, you know, what's called a content tilt, right. But, uh, I, if I had had this kind of language in my head ahead of time, it would have made it a bit easier, especially as I was planning the beginning of the show. So this is an idea and I forget what book it's from. Um, if I, if I remember, I will update you, but it's from a book that I read. It might be content Inc. I think that might be the book that I read if that's the right one. Anyway, um, this idea of having a content tilt, meaning there are, you know, probably a lot of podcasts that are similar to the topic you're considering. If there are not, you might want to consider whether or not there's an audience for it. Doesn't mean that there's not, just something to think about. But you will want to have something that differentiates your topic from others. So mine for this show is that we talk about making life easier and making work easier on every show. And there are a variety of topics that fit into that area, but that's my tilt. No one else really has done that previously, at least not that I've found. And if they did, it's by coincidence. But on the whole, you need to be able to answer the question, why should folks listen to my podcast as opposed to all the others that are out there? And that's what's called your content tilt. So you want to have an idea in mind. It doesn't have to be perfect. It will change. Mine certainly did. And, you know, I'm changing the format every single week, uh, every single season so far. I've changed it. Um, I think I've really kind of honed in on what's working and, you know, fewer changes will come. But on the whole, having this in mind ahead of time will help. 
The last thing that I want to point out as you get started is that you have to commit to being consistent. If you are inconsistent, your audience will be inconsistent if at all, if it will exist at all, right? So if you show up once a week, you say you're going to show up once a week and then you show up week one of this month and then week three and then week four and then next month you don't show up till the end of the month, something like that. That's not a good way of building your audience. It will not grow because people won't trust that you're going to be there when they come to look for you. So you have to commit to being consistent. And what the way I put it is I plan to do a weekly show. You may plan to do a daily show. You might do once a week, once a month, uh, once or twice a month, that kind of stuff. You might plan that and you have to stick with that. So remember that if you plan, let's say from in my case that I'm doing a weekly show, that means showing up every single week forever, right? Until you decide that it's time to end the show, um, you're committed to doing a weekly episode every single week one needs to air. Whether or not you batch your content and release it in, you know, over time or you do it week to week like I do, uh, except in this case because of my cruise, but it, you have to, have to be consistent. So, in my case, that's 52 episodes a year. I have to be present 52 weeks of the year. So if you can't do that, then you know you might want to second or you might want to reconsider whether or not this content marketing route, this podcasting route, is for you. But if you can, then you're in a good place. So let's talk about gear, right? Uh, there's that's one of the hurdles to overcome, and I think some people trip up over getting the right gear. And they want to spend way too much money or they don't want to spend any money at all. And those both can be hurdles. So what I will say is that as you begin, you absolutely do not need a ton of fancy equipment. You can buy inexpensive stuff and that will work just fine. So you can always, and the other thing I say is you can always upgrade your equipment later. The first thing that you're going to need is, of course, you'll need a computer because you need a place to record and you need a place to edit your files. You can do it without it. I think I've seen people just kind of doing stuff on their phone. I'm not familiar with how really to do that. I've never looked into it. I'm sure I, you know, if I looked into it, I could figure that out, but that's not how I do my stuff. I record into a microphone and I started this way, recording into a microphone which was connected to my computer using a piece of software called Audacity. And that program is free. It is good for both Windows and Mac. And incidentally, you can use either a Windows or Mac computer to record your show. And Audacity is the program that I recommend. I've been using it the whole time. I get quality audio out of it. The learning curve wasn't crazy. So I know that I'm able to you know, recommend this software and most folks will be able to pick it up. And in the show notes, I have a link to Pat Flynn's video on using Audacity, and he is kind of a super podcaster. He's really well known, and he's got a lot of great tutorials on getting started. So you can watch his video, get the the link in the show notes, and if you want to learn how to use Audacity. So you need a computer, you need some editing software, that one's free, and then of course you need a microphone. And this is where I think people uh, stumble to begin with. The microphone does not have to be a crazy, expensive, super intense microphone that you go out and drop $600 on right off the bat. By no means do you have to do that. All you need, all you need is a blue snowball ice microphone. They're inexpensive and there's a number of benefits to beginning podcasters. I first caution folks against getting a a crazy expensive mic because you got to make sure that you're really committed to doing the show. As I've said, It's a pretty big commitment, and if you're unsure about whether you're going to stick it out in the long term and you want to kind of test yourself, 
the blue snowball is a good way to go because it's only about $50, which is really not bad. And the other big benefit is that it's a USB microphone, meaning uh, most microphones are XLR microphones. And we'll talk about that when we get to my setup. But USB microphones can go right into your computer. You don't need an audio interface in between to connect the microphone to your machine, to your computer. So will it provide, you know, NPR quality audio, the blue snowball ice? No, it's not going to, but it will provide you with good audio provided that you have good microphone technique, which we'll talk about. Provided that you have good microphone technique, you'll get decent audio out of it absolutely passable for the beginning of a show. So I would recommend that Blue Snowball Ice microphone. It's about 50 bucks. And of course, all of this, all the products I recommend will be in my favorite things. And that's a new addition to my website. When you go to the show notes, as you scroll past the, the show notes, the actual notes for the episode, there's a new section there that says my favorite things. And all of the things I recommend will be linked in that section. So that's pretty cool. Um, so once you have a computer, some editing software, and a microphone, uh, the, the next thing you're going to need to consider is how you're putting your show online. And here's the way this works. Whether you use what's called a podcast host or you're doing it on your website, and just as a precursor, you absolutely should have a podcast host, which we'll talk about in a sec. But whether you, either way you're doing it, it generates, those tools generate what's called an RSS feed. It stands for, I believe, really simple syndication. And the only thing that means is that as you publish a new episode of your show, it adds a some code on the back end. You never have to see it. It adds some code to this long list of all of your posts, of all of your episodes. And that is gotten to with a link, right? So as you post um, an episode and, you know, it adds to that thing and then there's just a link. And so iTunes, you know, what's now called Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify and Stitcher and Sound, all those tools, they look at that link to see what episodes show up. And that's it. That's how they do it. So you're only publishing the episode in one place. I don't have to publish my episode on every single hosting provider every week. I put it in one place and it goes out automatically to all of those others. So when you look up my show on an app like Pocket Casts, for instance, I just published it to my podcast host and it picked it up from there. So that's how that works. And some folks think that they um, should post their episodes to you know the website that they've set up for their show. Now, kind of a side note here, you do not need a website just to begin if it's a hurdle for you. I do recommend overall that you have a website for your show, uh, and I'll talk about that, but you don't need it right at first if you are uncomfortable getting a website set up. If you've got the skills and the resources to get it set up, 100% do it because the earlier you set that website up, the longer it will be online and the more, uh, hopefully, traffic you'll generate in terms of people finding your show and, you know, engaging with your your platform. But uh, it's not 100% required when you first start. If it's going to be a stumbling block like, uh, I can't do this because I need a website, no, skip it and just do the host. If you want to go that route of having your site up front, you should eventually have one and it's good because of search engine optimization and it's good for just having a place to put your show notes and all your episodes. It's a central hub for your show. I recommend using Bluehost and there's a link in the show notes and that is an affiliate link. So if you do sign up using it, I will get a small commission. I really appreciate that. So, you know, if you're going to go that route, you know, click on that link and set up your site using Bluehost. Incidentally, I happen to do web design work for folks. So if you're interested in setting up a, uh, a website for 
for your show for or for anything for that matter, you can email me at podcast at easiercast.com and we can chat about that. Okay, so back to this idea of a podcast host versus a website. So a host is just a separate website, a platform like Bluehost, for instance, that's where you would publish a website. But a podcast host is specifically designed to host episodes and to syndicate those episodes out to all of the platforms. This one, I would say, is 100% required. It is not very expensive. I think I spend $12.99 a month. That's one of the things I pay for on a monthly basis for keeping my show online. And it is not an option here. You don't want to put uh, your actual files on your website because you could run into issues with traffic. You can run into issues. You can run into a lot of issues there. And also you'll lose out on the statistics that come with a podcast host. So I use what's called Buzzsprout and Buzzsprout has been fantastic. I actually picked Buzzsprout because it the, the limits for each month, it's not a file size limit. A lot of uh, hosts use a file size limit, and I don't like that because it means that I, in some cases, may think, oh, I'll diminish my quality of my episodes in order to, um, to, to get the show up, you know, so I don't hit my, my maximum, my quota for the month. And I don't like that. I have a, a time limit plan, and I like that better because I can upload the highest quality audio file. Um, and I know that I usually don't go over my monthly allotment. It's very rare. I think I've gone over once in the entire time I've been hosting the show, and then it cost me an extra $4 for that month. So a podcast host is great. You, It is a central place. It pushes your episodes out, and then you get a bunch of stats. So like, I can go into my stats, and I can see how many downloads I've gotten, and I can see where folks are listening from or downloading from. I can see my average plays, my listeners. So some of these stats are a little... Uh, they're a little soft, right? Meaning they're not the greatest stats, but they give you an idea about growth. So right now, my host tells me that I've got 416 listeners. I've had 23 and a half thousand downloads, and you know my average plays per episode is 300. So you know I'm in my first year. Well, I'm just past my first year, and so that's pretty good. You know, uh, I think that's pretty good. So you can get all those stats too from your podcast host, whereas you would not be able to get them from just your website. Something else you might find interesting, I'll just kind of give you another little insight here, that for my last, I'm going to flip, I'm actually looking at my host stats right now as I'm speaking, and I'm going to give you um, some top cities and countries for my last 10 episodes. That's what it gives me. So for countries, the United States has 81%, but then I have listens in Australia, the UK, Canada, New Zealand, France, Brazil, the Netherlands, Thailand, and Germany, and there are more. Those are just the top 10. And then cities, um, Plano, Texas has 82 listens, and then from there, El Cajon, California, Dallas, Denver, uh, Oviedo, Florida, maybe I didn't pronounce that right, uh, Visalia, California, Arlington, Virginia, and so on. I've got a lot of Um, different places. So it's pretty cool to see that. And then the last stat you can get is what source they're coming from. And actually what I'm looking at is Stitcher has just overtaken Apple Podcasts as the number one source of my show. And that has been not the case since I started. So that's pretty cool. But in terms of the devices, I can see iPhone and iPod have the most. And um, mobile definitely gets more views. I get 86 or listens, 86% of my listens, my downloads come from mobile, which is crazy. That is way higher than desktop or tablet. So you can get all those stats looking at your host that you wouldn't get from your website.
Thank you so much for being a part of the Easier Audience. If you love the show, I could use your help. There are monthly costs with keeping the show going, and to help reduce that cost, I use special affiliate links to Amazon. That means that whenever I recommend a product and you then use my link to buy it, I make a small commission. You don't pay a penny more for that product, Amazon just cuts me a tiny percent. In addition to clicking on my products, you can also use the link easiercast.com slash Amazon to shop Amazon for any product at all on any kind of device, mobile, desktop, tablet. That link, easiercast.com slash Amazon, will take you to Amazon's homepage and you can shop just like you always would. But this will generate extra commissions to support future episodes of Easier. And again, it won't cost you a penny more. Please consider using my link to shop on Amazon, again, easiercast.com slash Amazon, or if you are planning to purchase one of my favorite things, head to the show notes for the episode and click the link. The tiniest commissions add up to making a real difference, and any support for Easier is so appreciated. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, let's talk about my current gear, and what I will say is I started off exactly with the stuff I recommended, and I still use my Lenovo computer, so I flip back and forth between my laptop and desktop. I still use Audacity, I still use Bluehost for my website, and I still use Buzzsprout as my host, but I did upgrade in a couple of areas. Once I determined that I really was sticking with this show, I upgraded my microphone to the Shure SM7B microphone. This is a phenomenal, it's what I'm talking to you on right now. It's a phenomenal microphone. And this became priority one as I decided this was something I was doing seriously. And it's just fantastic. It provides really good audio quality. It doesn't pick up a ton of background noise. And it, you know, it, it complements my voice. It is pretty expensive. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie that this is a this is a pricier microphone, but I did a lot, a lot of work um, as I was planning to get a new microphone, I did a lot of research on what the best one was. And what I'll tell you right now, it's probably about a $400 microphone, depending on, you know, if you can find a sale or something like that. But you definitely don't need to spend this up front. So don't be deterred. But if you become more serious about your show and you want a better mic, this is the one to go with. And as a little tidbit, it's a very popular microphone. Uh, as I was researching for this episode, I learned that it was even used by Michael Jackson to record Thriller. So this is not an uncommon mic. You know you're getting something quality. One thing about this mic, though, is that it is an XLR microphone. I mentioned this a little bit ago in the show. And XLR stands for external line return. And this is just a common cable, and you'll recognize it. I've got photos of all my gear and stuff in the show notes, so you can go see it. But... This is just a type of cable that connects microphones to an audio interface. And that's basically like a mixer. You think of a mixer, that's an audio interface. And that's an issue because it's not a direct USB microphone, right? You can't just plug it directly into your computer. You need a piece of equipment to bridge the gap between them. So this is one of the things about using the Shure is that you have to have the right other equipment. So yes, the mic is $400, but then you're gonna need some kind of a, of a mixer or a recorder or an audio interface, something in between that allow, that accepts that XLR mic line and then pushes out with the USB. And I do have a favorite. I ended up buying a while back 
a Zoom H6 recorder, and this is a phenomenal little gadget, and of course I'll have photos of all this stuff. It's a phenomenal little recorder that not only serves as my interface between my mic and my computer, but also it provides extra gain. So gain is basically like the the volume of microphones. It allows you to hear me better And that's one of the the downsides of this microphone is that it doesn't provide a lot of natural gain. The benefit there is that it doesn't pick up a lot of background noise, but sometimes if you're you're not using an interface that can provide that extra lift, um, it might sound too quiet or it might sound blown out when you're actually in post-production. So you do need something that can provide that gain. There are other tools called a cloud lifter, things like that, that you can stick to add even more. But I found that the H6 does an excellent job. I always sound, you know, it's high quality and it does extra things like I can record up to six people at once using this. I can plug in four separate microphones and then use a couple on board and that'll allow me to record up to six people at one time. And then also it is a portable recorder, meaning I can take it with me and I don't even need uh, an extra mic. It's got one built in. I can use that to record portable as well. So it's pretty cool. This is also a bit pricey. I will tell you that. Um, this one is a little bit extra. I got this one initially, not for this microphone. I got it to record portable stuff and to be able to split into a couple of, you know, for guest recording and stuff like that. But the the H6 also comes in at around 400. So that equipment together, it was about $800 to get that equipment together. But you can get a a lighter version of the the Zoom. You can get the H4N. That one is a lot. It's about half the price. Actually, it's um, about $220, I want to say. And that one will only allow you to connect, I think, a couple microphones, but it will do the exact same stuff. So that one is, I think, a really good alternative. If you don't want to jump all in for for the H6, you can look at the, the H4N. Again, all these favorites, these are favorite things. They'll be in the show notes. And then you will also need a a microphone boom stand with this microphone uh, versus the blue snowball that the snowball has a little tripod that it comes with, which sits on your desk. No problem, but you'll need a, a boom stand to prop up your microphone. So it's actually in front of your face and not, you know, laying on the ground. Um, so you can get the, the one that I have, the one I have is called the ProLine MS-112. I actually got it at Guitar Center, but it's a great little desktop stand. It's got a heavy base, and I think it was pretty cheap. I think it was like 30 bucks or something like that. It was really inexpensive. It's got a heavy base, and it sits on my desktop as opposed to a tripod that you know you have to adjust from the floor and things like that. This one is, is great. So that's what I have for that stand, and it works really well. And I will have a photo of my whole setup, computer, my desk, the, you know, all the equipment, all that stuff in the show notes. And then one last thing about the setup is the location and the sound. And I actually just record in my living room. I used to, when I had the snowball, I would record in my closet because it definitely muted a lot of the sound because you've got all those clothes around you. Um, and it's an interior room. So that was a good place to start. But since I upgraded to the Shure SM7B, I'm just in my living room and I make sure there's no like fans or or the air conditioning running in the background. And that's good enough. This microphone does a very good job, so I don't have to worry about it. And also, I'm not super fussy. It sounds good. And I think 99% of folks are not going to pick up on, oh man, he's not, you know, NPR or radio quality, although I think it sounds pretty good. So um, walk in closets are a great location to start if you're using um, a microphone like the, the Snowball. But even if you don't have something like that, don't worry. Just get started, seriously. 
Okay, so let's move into the process that I use and just talk about you know some high-level details about how I actually go about recording the show and, and that. So the first thing that you'll need to do is, is you'll need to select a topic. And actually, let me back up for one second. A full episode of this show, in, you know, not the little episodes, these are short, those are shorter, but everything for the full episodes, including the prep, actually writing the show notes, the recording, post-production, all that stuff, usually takes me somewhere between two and three hours. I've really optimized that process. It used to take me way longer, especially editing the audio. That would take me, God, it was like for every minute of audio I recorded, I had to spend two to three minutes of time editing. And I've cut that way, way back just because now as I'm editing, well, you know, we'll talk about that when we get there. So anyway, just know that it takes me two to three hours to, to, to produce a whole show. So that's about how much time I'm spending each week. And that'll vary based on how long the episode is. Some of them are a little longer, some are a little shorter, so that'll change. But let's talk about the process, and as we get to the notes on production, I will give you a little hack that will help you editing, you know, help you edit your episode, and we'll cut that time down. And this, this is an amazing hack. It saved me so much time. All right, so step number one is to select a topic. And as I mentioned, I came up with a giant list of topics, and now I keep them in a tool called Trello. And I've got a photo of what that looks like, but I have, you know, all my make life easier, make all my make work easier. Same thing with my now, my struggle bus and my favorites. I've got a giant list of ideas. So each time I go to plan an episode, I just put those ideas together and that becomes the show. So keeping a running list is great. It's very helpful as you think of things. Make sure you write them down. You won't remember them, I promise. So write them down as you think of them and that will help you in choosing your topics for each episode. The next thing I do is I do a bit of keyword research and this is part of a a practice called search engine optimization. We are not going to cover SEO in depth in this episode. It is not the purview of this episode. It's a huge topic. But what the nutshell version of this is that I search on Google and I do a little bit of research to find out if the topic I'm considering has any anybody searching for it and how much traffic those searches get. The goal is to get people who are already searching for things I'm talking about for Google to put my you know my web my episode up in the top results and send those people to me. So I am researching for that ahead of time. Don't worry too much about that to start, just start. As you kind of get more into it, you can start considering the SEO practices and keyword research is is good. But this is an SEO practice number three, which is to write headlines that you should not skip. You absolutely should spend some time figuring out how to write good headlines because if you don't have a good headline, nobody is going to click on your episode. So for instance, the title of this episode today is how to start a podcast of your own. And that's a pretty good headline. And I have a tool that actually I'm going to talk about that tells me for sure that it is a good headline. But if I just put in the episode title podcasting, I don't think many of you would actually listen to the show because it's not a very interesting title that doesn't describe what I'm talking about. You've got to kind of balance between being an engaging headline and being a you know a genuine headline. You've got to watch out for that. So some criteria that I try to meet with every headline I write is to accurately represent what's in my post or episode. There's never any clickbait. I'm not saying things that are untrue. You see some of those online. They're really, they grab your attention and you click them and they have nothing to do with that. That's called clickbait. I don't do that. That is never something you're going to see here. I want you to have real value every time you listen to the show. The next criteria is it's got to be interesting and grab attention. So some Headlines from my past episodes 
are things like how to have a distraction-free day with white noise, the ultimate list of the best everyday pens of 2019, white vinegar is the best fabric softener you can buy. A weekly routine will create freedom in your life. Social media addiction is real. Here's how to beat it. All of those are good attention-grabbing headlines, but they also are true to what they say. They, They answer those questions in the content of the episode or the post. The next thing is that it has to include keyword or the keyword from my research. So I select a keyword from that, you know, that's popular or that is the right balance of being searched for and not having too much competition on Google. And that keyword appears in the episode. So for this week's episode, I picked a little bit more heavy of a keyword in terms of its competition and it's how to start a podcast. That's a a heavier keyword. But for instance, the a weekly routine will create freedom in your life. That keyword is weekly routine. And I make sure to use that keyword within the title so it appears. And then also within my posts. And then finally, it's got to be the right length. And to determine all of these things, I use a tool called the Co-Schedule Headline Analyzer. Link in the show notes. And it's a lifesaver. It is fantastic. It will help you learn how to write better headlines and it's free. So head to the show notes and that's in that section, Co-Schedule Headline Analyzer. Try that one out. All right, the next step is to outline the episode. And before I used to outline, then record, then come back and expand the show notes. But I'm trying a new uh, method wherein I outline first and then I expand, you know, I, I actually write the full show notes and then I go into record. The reason is, you know, you can hear it right now. This does not sound scripted. I am not reading word for word. I still kind of look at bullet points as I'm talking, but the show notes are more complete and my thoughts are better congealed in my head. So I'm not having to do so much editing of the show notes in post-production. So I'm going to see if it saves me some time. Step number five after that is to produce or record the episode. And we finally are there. And for this show, I prefer a light conversational style and I've gotten pretty good at making it sound good. Actually, even from a lot of the feedback You all have told me that you like the way I host this show. It's fun, it's friendly, it's light. I'm very glad for that. That's the way I wanted it to be, and I'm glad that you all think, or I'm glad that you all enjoy it. And as I was writing the show notes for the episode, I was thinking, hmm, you know, this actually has been a skill I've been working on and developing for a long time inadvertently. I do a lot of what I like to call euphemistically thinking out loud. In other words, I talk to myself out loud a lot, and I've been doing that since I was a kid. It helps me to get thoughts out of my head, to organize my thoughts, to express anger to myself and get it out of my system, to clear my mind, that kind of thing. I've been doing that for forever, so just putting a microphone in front of my face and doing the same thing felt supernatural from episode one. So, you know, that's kind of what's helped me. And if you talk to yourself, if you talk to yourself a lot like I do, then podcasting probably is right up your alley. So that is that step. I record and I just kind of talk and I I do make mistakes occasionally and I edit a lot of it out. Although you're hearing more of my ums and stuff, I've become a lot more lax. I'm a human being, you know, I make mistakes and I'm not going to be super crazy about every episode having to be absolutely perfect. I find that it's actually more perfect when it's less perfect. So the tip that I was going to give you before that I kind of teased at the beginning of talking about my process is that whenever I do make a mistake that's like, all right, I really need to go back and edit that out. I actually do this on the microphone. So you heard that maybe I'll do it one more time. 
that actually I just tapped very gently on the microphone itself. You could also clap to do the same thing and I tap very gently on it and it causes the waveform, meaning the the symbol, like the, the graph in my podcasting or my audio software to spike so I can see where mistakes are and just go back in and kind of surgically remove them. Before when I was editing my show, I used to listen to the whole thing and edit every single little thing and that was why it took me so long. But just incorporating this technique Whenever I make a mistake, just tapping and making sure I record so it makes sense back to what I was saying when I clip that piece out makes it so much faster because now all I do is I scan and I guess we're kind of into talking about post-production. This is step number six. I scan through the the waveform, the actual audio, and I look for time gaps of at least a second and a half to two seconds because that's a long time for there to be no sound. So I check to make sure that I didn't really over hesitate and I'll cut that out. And then I just fix all those little sections where I've got the the spikes from my taps. And then I insert my, you know, my introduction audio. And if I'm doing some kind of an ad, I insert that. And then I insert the outro audio and I'm done. So it's a lot faster. Some other steps in post-production, of course, as I just mentioned, editing the episode. Then I upload it to Buzzsprout. I polish my show notes, which includes a number of things, reviewing for SEO, and then all those details of my episode, making sure categories and tags and dates and images and all that stuff are done. And it sounds like a lot, and it can be, but I've gotten it really optimized so it doesn't take as long. The last thing that I do is I add a redirect before scheduling. So these episodes are usually done in advance, and then they're just set to schedule for Wednesday morning at midnight. Um, both on my website and in the, the my podcast host, so they release at the same time. But I add what's called a redirect, and what that does is it allows you to go to easiercast.com slash the episode number. For instance, this is a little against the grain because I usually give the link at the end, but easiercast.com slash 45 is this week's episode number. Uh, 45 is the episode number. You can go to that link and it will take you to the right episode. The the episode actually has, you know, when you use WordPress, it has what's called a slug. So you go to easiercast.com slash how to start a podcast uh, with hyphens between each word, and that's the full link. But you don't have to do that. You just go slash the episode number, and it's a simple way of finding that. So that's the last step that I do. Before we move on into my ride in the struggle bus and talking about some of the favorites, I wanted to give you a few bonus tips. The first one is that you really have to commit to doing this seriously. As I mentioned before, consistency is the key. If you want to grow your show, show up on a regular basis. You determine that interval, but you've got to make sure you're there when you say you'll be. If you show up and you're sporadic about stuff, your audience will too, and maybe if they show up at all. And then another thing I didn't mention before is that it takes three years for a a platform to fully mature from a no audience. So if you're starting with an audience, it may not take that long, but three years. So that's the minimum, minimum investment for you to go from zero to full show is the frequency of your show times three years, you know, so you got to keep that in mind. Remember, you don't have to spend a ton of money, go with the basics, and then you can upgrade. The microphone is your friend. Get close to your microphone. Literally, my lips are almost touching my microphone. Let me, I, I wrote this as, a, as something you should try in the show notes, but I'm actually going to try it. I am about two fingers apart from the microphone right now. I'm super close on top of it, but listen to this. I'm going to back up. You're going to hear me sliding back in my chair, and I'm going to talk for a second from, you know, about an arm's length away. Wait till you hear the difference. Hold on a second. So I'm backing up right now, and I'm not changing my voice. I actually have to move my microphone away because 
um, <clears throat> it's too close. I'm backed up right now, and now I'm about, you know, about an arm's length away, talking at the same volume. Listen to the difference there. It is way, way different. So as I come back up on the mic and choke up on it, you can hear that difference. Sit close to the mic. It's your friend. You will sound way better, even on the, the snowball. That is a mistake I made from episodes one and two and three. That's why I sound kind of rough. It's because I was too far away, and I was recording a lot of ambient noise too. Another thing you should do is you're recording. Let 10 seconds of silence pass because that will enable you to edit out kind of that ambient shh noise if you've got any using your um, your software like Audacity. And then another thing is you will get used to the sound of your voice. Seriously, you will. It'll be awkward at first, but that goes away quickly. Don't let it stop you. And anyone with any voice can record a show. Don't think, oh, I've got such a weird sounding voice. I can't do it. No, you do not have to have, a, a, you know, a vanilla NPR voice uh, to, to have your own show. And then if you need any help, I really would love to guide you. Let's talk about it in the comments, just so that way other people can see if they're having trouble, they can see it too. So head over to the show notes link at the end and drop your requests for help there. Right, last up, time for the first segment of Riding the Struggle Bus. This is going to be a segment where I talk about something I'm struggling with that I would love your help with. And maybe in the future, I will, you know, as people suggest things, I will include struggle bus topics from others. So if somebody's really struggling on something, I will share theirs and then we can all comment on it. And what I'm going to encourage you to do, as I mentioned, is this segment I'd really love for folks to call into the show and leave me a message and talk about your response to my struggle bus topic, okay? I really want to include some other voices in the show. Nobody's taken me up on it yet, so I think what I'm going to do is the first caller, maybe the first two people that call into the show, I will um, offer you a, a small gift card for doing that. So please, please call into the show and respond. That number is 313-242-7473, or easier to remember, 313 bib rise. Those are nonsense words that just help you to remember the number, bib rise. And this week, my struggle bus topic is actually coming up with topics for the struggle bus. As I said before, I'd like to come up with a lot of topics ahead. So I've got kind of this backlog. But for this one, I actually had trouble. I've only got about eight right now in my backlog, and that's not enough. So I'd love to hear from you about what you're struggling with day to day, Maybe it's something that I've figured out and I can share my answer, or maybe it's something I'm also struggling with and I will share that as well. So call in, tell me what you think uh, about you know what you're struggling with. The number again, 313-BIB-RISE, 313-242-7473, and we will get the conversation going. That's it for episode number 45 of Easier. Here is this week's roundup. This is a new thing I'm doing, just a quick fire roundup of the the links and things from this episode. Remember, as always, I can always use your support. So if you could go to easiercast.com slash Amazon and buy anything you were planning to buy on Amazon, but use that link first that will generate small commissions. That means so much to me and keeping the show going. So thank you for that. And remember to call into the show, share your thoughts on this week's struggle, which is what do you struggle with? Figuring out topics for this segment. 
That number again, 313-242-7473 or 313-BIB-RISE. And then, as always, the show notes can be found at easiercast.com slash this week's episode number, which is 45, easiercast.com slash 45. In the show notes, you'll find everything from today's episode, space to leave your comments, all of my favorite things, links to subscribe to the show, and more. Everything is there, and that is at easiercast.com slash 45. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips I've covered in this episode, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully, every share means that someone, somewhere, will find more time for what matters most to them. Thank you, as always, for listening. Until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.